Podcast episode 19. Today we are going to discuss Yule, but before we get into that, I would like to welcome my guests. Uh, Lore is here again. How are you doing, Lore? Doing fine. And of course, my wife, Lauren. How are you? And a new guest, Alexander. How are you? I'm alive. Better than the alternative. Okay, so I guess we're just kind of going to jump into this. This is going to be released around uh, January 1st, or as close to that as possible as I can make it. So we will have just finished Yule, and we're actually we're actually recording this at the Yule bloat, so everybody is here in person, which is a nice change. Okay. So let's just start out and talk a little bit about what Yule is. I guess um, we're going to get into more things, maybe a little more in depth later. But Yule is basically the winter celebration where you get together with friends and you have families and you exchange gifts. And uh, of course, the bloat is usually the first bloat uh, was on the 20th of December. And that's Mother's Night, which is uh, sacred to Holda. Um, most, most definitely. And the last one is, of course, on the 31st, which is usually dedicated to Odin. Some other gods that play an important role is Frey and, uh, possibly even Thor, which is kind of a newer one I've heard, but in Iceland they still have ceremonies involving, um, burning a straw goat. And, of course, the goat was, uh, important to Thor. And, uh, the, the ham is associated with Fry. He's associated with the bull through Gulenversity, the boar with the golden bristles. And they would cook a boar, and they would all swear sacred oaths on that boar, which actually probably is where New Year's traditions came from. So that's kind of like a big overview of Yule, and we're going to get into some more specific stuff, but before we do that, Lore, do you want to add anything to the overview of Yule? No, I don't think so. I think I, I think you've covered everything I may have said, so no. Okay. Alexander, did you have anything you want to add to the overview of you all? No. Do each of the individual days will then have specific themes to them? That's actually a really good question. Um in the strictest historical sense, no. Because what used to happen is you would have a bunch of people, a bunch of family and friends come and visit you, and they'd probably be coming from miles away, and travel was hard back then, because you didn't have cars, you had, like, horses and walking. Um, so they'd leave, there There would probably not be just 12 days of Yule, there'd be a couple months of Yule, where people would would set out before the biggest snows hit and and plan to get to the person's house before the big snows hit, and then they'd stay there until the weather cleared up well enough for them to get back. So they'd have basically a month or two of feasting and visiting with family and stuff like that. Now, in our modern age, since we have work and everything, we've changed it to 12 days, and some people do add a meaning to each day, which... um. I mean, on one hand, it's a newer thing, but on another hand, I think it can be useful. It can let you think, okay, what do I need to think about? Because Yule's also a good time for introspection. What do I need to think about? What do I need to change for the next, for the next, uh, for the next year? So each of the 12 nights will have like a theme to it, and the AFA puts something together, and you can just, 
U2 AFA 12 Days of Yule, Steve McNallan, or something along those lines. And Steve McNallan, who's like the head guy in the AFA, he has put together uh, 12 Days of Yule video where he says, this day we think about this and this day we think about that. So certainly it's not required, but um, it's nice to sit around and think about the different things. The, since it's 12 days, I always take it as a, a time to reflect each of the uh, months of the year. And that's just what I've been doing. That's actually a good practice, too, because I think one of the main reasons we decide, or us true people in general, I had nothing to do with the decision, decided on 12 days now that the two months was impractical was because each day would represent one of the months. Because Yule is supposed to be sort of a recap of the entire year. So to look at it as, the first day I'm going to think about January, the second day I'm going to think about February, I think that could be a useful thing to do too. It's sort of up to you. I mean, obviously, you get a little bit of personal choice here since it did not used to be just 12 days. It used to be two months. Um, But yeah, no, actually, I like that. That's kind of cool. Lauren, did you have anything to say about the overview of Yule? Um, just a quick, it seems like in the historical things that I've seen, that it started sometime in November and lasted all the way until sometime in January. So it was a rather long time, but that was mostly because you couldn't travel in that time. So you were kind of stuck with each other. So why not feast and celebrate? Okay. Okay, good. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. It really was a long time to be together with your family. Maybe it's good we don't have to be with them, though. I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. It depends on if you like your family or not. Uh, that's right. <laughs> but we still would have to honor the memory. Well, and you know, this is a slight tangent, and I won't go into it too too far. Even if you don't like your family, it's good to think about them, and it's good to remember them and saying, well, yeah, I guess they did give me life. And, you know, if they're, like, bad people, like really bad people, you probably shouldn't have anything to do with them. But but if they're just annoying or something, you know, still still visit them, talk I mean, to them. Even if they're bad people or they're annoying or whatever and they have bad qualities and you don't want them to reflect on your life, you would still want to honor the good qualities that they have in it and then remember the bad qualities they have and not let those encroach upon your own person. Yeah, yeah. It's always good to, to take that example because... You come from them, mm-hmm. you're going to have reflections of them within you, and it's always good to examine the good that you can do with what you've been brought up with, and then the, there's always that negative aspect that we all have, too, that you kind of want to shy away from. Mm-hmm. And if you don't think about it and don't look at it, you're going it, to, it's possible that you might slide into that. Yeah, absolutely. No matter how bad your family is, you should at least think about them. Generally speaking, I think you should visit them, but I mean, there are certain cases where that can actually put you or your children in danger, and obviously, you wouldn't want to do it then. But yeah, you'd still want to think about them, because very likely you'll end up like your parents, and if they're bad, then that's something you need to be careful of. Now, on the flip side, because that was really negative, (laughs) most people like their parents. Um, Well, most people on some level like their parents. I I think deep down, most people like their parents. Um, There are certainly exceptions. I think they're conditioned to like their parents. Yeah. Well, yeah, you are. Well, think about it. They give you everything when you're young. Uh It's classic conditioning. I'm not saying that it's a good or a bad thing. It's just that's what it is. And, And I actually, I think it's a good thing because, again, that's where you come from and... 
as you as you get to know your parents in a lot of senses you get to know yourself as well okay so I'm gonna move on from there and go to kind of the first topic I wanted to start on today which is gifts gifts are cool <laughs> I like getting stuff um the what I'm bringing up here, though, is why do we exchange gifts? Well, I would say that it's it's um, one of our traditions, even when we come visit every month, is generally to try to bring something, a little gift. And it, it's it's hosts get a gift because the hosts are hosting you. That's kind of what it is. And now, when you're getting together in the family traditional Yule time sense, it's, it's that, well, you didn't get to see them most of the year. It's usually that's what it was. And, well, obviously you want to give something to your family. You want to give something to your community. So obviously you're going to bring your best. You're going to bring something unique and wonderful for to share with everyone. And that's kind of how I see it. Yeah, and Alexander actually got me and my wife both a gift. Thank you, that was very nice. Um, and I think another thing which you're sort of uh, getting at in there maybe is gifts are a way to say that you care about people, say that, okay, you are important to me, and it creates family ties. Bonds, strengthens bonds between yes. families and communities. And, and communities and kin and friends and everything. And when you look at the old sagas, gifts were huge, and they would give really good gifts, too. It would be like their, their ancestors' uh, sword or shield or maybe one that they had got in a very... Uh, decisive battle. I mean, they shields and swords were given as gifts a lot. Well, I mean, even as we were going through the um, uh, sayings of Tar, um, have them all, have yeah. them all. Um, there was a lot of discussion about gifts in several different paragraphs as it went down the list, and that was one of the things they were bringing up: is that yeah, you want to strengthen those bonds, so give gifts, share. Right. You don't give a gift to an enemy unless no, you're trying no. to. Create a relationship, a sharing. Right. So, you know, th th it all revolves around that. Yeah, yeah, it does. And then I guess that sort of bleeds into um, the feasting. There's usually a feast at Yule. You know, wherever you're going, you ex you expect to get dinner, and you know, not like, oh, here's some hot dogs and chips. I mean, <laughs> that's what I get. <laughs> hot dogs and chips. You expect to get. Uh, a good dinner, and again, there's something very special, and this is probably very primal about sharing food. Mm -hmm. If you have to, not if you have to, if if you're able to share food with other people, that's that's just kind of a bonding experience itself, because it is something that we all do. I mean, we share it in common, but you don't break bread with enemies unless you know it's absolutely necessary. Sharing food is something that you do with. Um, with friends. So so that's another type of thing that happens at Yule that can sort of bring us closer together. Now, I have an, a somewhat different view of gifts. And part of it, Laura brought up, with the, you haven't seen these people in a long period of time, and to me, gifts, there isn't some specific time you give gifts. It's, you see something that makes sense for a person, that you associate that with that person, or something like that, just get it. I mean, and that's mm -hmm. how I see it. And to me, the idea of giving gifts at Yule has more to do with the, yeah, you haven't seen these people for, like, seven months to more. I mean, maybe even years. 
And it's distinctly possible that in that period of time you've gone, ooh, this makes me think of this person. Ooh, this makes me think of that person. And you could have accumulated a decent chunk of items for these people that just, it comes in a huge swath because that's just the only time you have to give it to them. And that's why I think mm. the whole Christmas season thing where right after Thanksgiving you have to start hunting for gifts for everyone is ridiculous. You should be doing it throughout the year. When you find something that is something that uniquely bonds in your mind to somebody else, you would want to gather it then and give it to them. Mm -hmm. The whole giving gifts at a specific time, the only reason we were doing it in Yule is because, yeah, we would only see them mm. at Yule. That's a really good point. Now, hmm. yeah, in today's society, I mean, you just give people gifts, whatever. But right. I do kind of like the idea of at a certain period of time, there's like a reminder. Not like hmm. the whole, the, the, the Christmassy thing where they like shower gifts on people. It was just a reminder. Hey, you know, this is the gifty time. I should get a gift for people. <laughs> I think that's a fair way. I think that's a fair way to look at it. Um, because I suppose it's true. Generally speaking, you wouldn't see people for months and months. And it is true even in the uh, sagas if it wasn't Yule time and you visited a friend you hadn't seen for a while. When you got there, you'd usually get a bunch of gifts. He'd be like, oh, it's July, and you're here to ask for help in this war or whatever. Here's a shield and a sword and everything else. So that actually makes a lot of sense. And I do agree that uh, it should, it, it is nice to have Yule as a reminder. Hey, you haven't gotten any, if it's the case, hey, you haven't gotten this person anything all year long. Maybe you should think about that. Um, but yeah, in, in, in a lot of ways, I suppose a gift seems more... Um, I'm not sure what the word is, but more natural if, regardless of when you give it, if you see it and you're like, this reminds me of that person, I'm going to buy it. I mean, that's that's a lot nicer than I'm obligated by social convention to buy you a gift, so now I'm going to conform to that convention. Right. I mean, and that's generally how I do it. I don't like doing it at a specific time. If mm -hmm. I, because I, I'm always looking for, or not looking, I'm always finding things that I remind me of others, and I generally want to get it. If I was more financially sound or whatever, right. I would be doing it quite a lot more with people I find close. Mm -hmm. And, like, I, I, I do the Yule gift thing. I, 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 You know, I do the exchanges and everything like that. And I, I like giving. I think giving is better than getting, almost. Um, simply because you're sharing yourself with someone else more in that fashion. When you're getting something, they've shared with you, and that's wonderful. Mm -hmm but you didn't get a chance to give yourself to them if you weren't able to give back. I kind of... Now, not on the shallow, ooh, I like getting stuff, but also also on that level. I like getting gifts because there's a certain amount of feedback involved with it. It Cold, dry, no emotion, and it just, okay, I'm doing this well in this relationship that this person thought of me when they saw this. And I think there's value in that. In when people give give you gifts, it's not just oh, here's an object. It means more than that usually. Mm -hmm. I, I think yeah, it does. The value isn't the object itself; it's the uh, amount of time or emotion behind the exchange, or just the thought. I mean, even if it's something completely unemotional, like 
I noticed that your toaster hasn't worked in a long time, so I'm like, he needs a new toaster. Yeah. That's two toaster ovens, so still, I'm okay. That was oh. totally random. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I don't, it, it, I, I don't plan on getting you a toaster. Okay. <laughs> it still shows that your friend noticed your toaster was broken, and then expended some amount of money to remedy the situation, and money basically... I don't want to get too much into politics because I try to keep that to a minimum on this show. But basically, money represents your um, your will. Okay. It represents time. Okay. It, well, it represents time, but it also represents work. You don't get time money for sitting around. Money. Well, it depends on your job. Depends on your job. Most people don't. It, it represents your time, your work, and it sort of represents your will in the world because you have dedicated your will to earning money. So giving that up for a gift is still kind of a it's still kind of a big deal. Uh so regardless of what the gift is, I I mean a gift card doesn't show a lot of thought. It just shows that you're willing to sacrifice your time and money. But a a gift that actually makes sense like the toaster, I think would be a really good gift even if, you know, I don't think it'd be better than or worse than if you painted them a picture or sculpted them a sculpture, because maybe that's effort not time your thing. But yeah, the, the problem you can come into, though, especially right. in today's society, is everyone generally gets what they want or need mm-hmm. a lot of the time. So this is why I'm always okay with uh, food products or something. You know, <laughs> I like uh, pizza. Say, if you're going to give me a pizza, hey, I'm Glenn, and I'm your best friend <laughs> at that point because I love pizza. Right. But you know what I'm saying? Like alcohol. Food, just consumable things, because you can always have more of that. Because you can't always keep giving someone a toaster because at one point in time they needed a toaster, so I'm going to keep giving (laughs) a toaster. Well, yeah, that would be, that would imply that your understanding of the relationship and the needs of the person you're interacting with has, is completely out of touch. Right. If you got him a toaster two years in a row, it's like, didn't you notice I've got a working one now? I mean, didn't you notice you gave me a working one? <laughs> right. You gave right. me an awesome toaster that'll last me ten years. Why are you giving me a toaster? Because I want that one. You can have this new one. <laughs> so I, I think that, you know, unless it's something like you give them a toaster every year, if the food, if the gift is food or drink or material or, or whatever it is, all of them are legitimate gifts. And they're good because they say, hey, person... I care about you, and I want you to have something that you're going to enjoy. Of course, well, if your person is adamantly hates peanut butter, and you get them a peanut butter ball, maybe that's well, not that's good. That's part of the danger in, not the danger, I guess, but it's part of the complicated nature of communicating with people, because you can actually do the transverse in gift-giving if you aren't thoughtful, and you, you know, you could give somebody a gift that would offend them, or that... Mm-hmm would make the relationship worse off than before. You could. Generally speaking, I don't think it happens. But but you would have to be kind of inconsiderate in giving yeah. the person. I'm going to give I you guess. these shiny jewels made out of your father's eyes. <laughs> what? I thought that was kind of sweet in a way. Mm. Now, Everybody's different. On the subject of gift cards, I don't completely dislike them. If there's thought behind them, as just a, here, have some money that you have to spend in this location, Mm. that sounds bad, unless it's, here, have the, 
here, have this incentive to go to this place I think you'll enjoy. Or that you already enjoy. Say you like Starbucks an awful lot, and you want their coffee all the time, and you're going there all the time anyway. Here, I'm giving you something specifically for that. Yeah. Or maybe it's to another coffee shop you've never tried before, but this person thinks it's very enjoyable, so you hmm. can go get you know, that I coffee. I could see that. And actually, uh... Mm-hmm. My uh, grandma gave us a uh, couple of gift cards to Home Depot to renovate um, our nursery. So, I mean, that was a good one, because because she can't be like, here's a crab. Oh, we didn't mention that on the show. Oops. Well, might as well now. Anyway, Lauren and I are having a baby. Yay! <laughs> that, that will probably become pertinent. Uh, <laughs> probably become pertinent? Probably. Well, I, meant, I mean, to the show in general. We, we may end up talking about that more, so. We have not mentioned that on the show, but... If we're making a nursery, it's kind of obvious, so <laughs> might as well say it. But anyway, we're I mean, very excited. it was to the hardware store, so we can get the stuff we need to do what we need to do. So it was thoughtful. Yeah, and it was thoughtful. Uh, but you also, and, and I think that, that that's a good point uh, that Alexander made, is mm-hmm. sometimes gift cards can't be good. I've also had the reverse where someone got me a Walmart gift card, and I am adamantly anti-Walmart because I hate Walmart. There's no one who doesn't know that I hate Walmart, and someone still got me a Walmart gift card, and it's like, thanks. See, that's a good reason to re-gift to somebody who does like it. Well, yeah, exactly. And this was a while ago. I don't have, I don't, I don't remember who I gave it to. Maybe my sister. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, I'm not a big fan of the Walmart either. I mean, even if they have some good products that you can't find in some other places and their prices might be fine, I just don't like the environment, personally. Mm-hmm. I think the environment is the worst part of it for me as well. I really don't care for it. But, obviously, somebody likes it or they wouldn't still be in business, so... I'm not on a quest to shut Walmart down. I just don't personally shop there. No politics here. <laughs> exactly. I'm keeping it as politically free as I can. Which is a challenge. See, now everybody's going to want to know what political party I'm part of. Ooh, and I'm part not going to tell one. Them. Yeah, that one that does those things. Yep. Okay, so do we want to say anything else about gifts before we move on? Um, give gifts. Give gifts. All year yes. round. Yes. And if you're going to visit someone's home, you should still give gifts. It's 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 one of those things that you do in also true. Yes. And and you know, and I'll just leave it at this. Um people appreciate them more than sometimes you think. Uh I know Alexander and Lore both will oftentimes bring beer or cider or or something. And it's usually something interesting that they're like, Hey, I want you to try this. And I actually really appreciate that. Um, it's just really nice to be like, oh, look, they brought me something that I can enjoy with the meal that we're going to have today. Uh, and I probably don't say it enough, but both of you, I do appreciate you bringing stuff. But even little stuff like a bottle of wine or a six-pack of beer, it, it really does let the other person know that. It doesn't have to be them. alcohol. This is this yes. yeah, no. It doesn't yeah. have to be alcohol. It could it be could your be famous fruit cake, or yeah, or or it could be cookies, or it could be whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like while I would not, it would be nice to be able to bring food and stuff. I always think I'm treading upon Lauren's ground because she generally makes a fantastic meal. She has dessert too and everything. So I feel like. 
I don't want to do that because take away from what she's doing. Well, so. you don't like my meal. Oh, I love your say. meal. Uh, yeah. What I'm saying is like I, it, it would give me right. more options right. to bring, but and yeah. it doesn't have to be something like we bring the drinks and it's like, hey, I brought something that we can drink during the meal. Yeah. It could also be, hey, I brought you something that is totally not appropriate for this meal. Mm-hmm. Eat it sometime when we're not yeah. here. Yeah. That happened it like I brought that. I brought a six pack of my favorite beer. I don't know several months ago in the mm-hmm. summer when it was more pertinent. Um, and I don't think we drank any of it that evening, but mm-hmm. uh, you were able to drink it uh, later on. Yeah, so. yeah, and enjoy it. And it's it's nice to do that. Be like, oh, this is the beer Laura brought me, and it's good. And, and it gives you a chance to think about. It's another nice thing about gifts, especially useful ones. Whenever you use it, you're like, oh, this is the gift Lord gave me, or Alexander gave me, or Lauren gave me, or whoever it is. Um, I got a really nice watch from Lauren for my anniversary, I believe. And it's neat, because every time I look at the watch, I'm like, it just for a second reminds me, oh, this is the one Lauren got me. So. Anyway. <laughs> Moving on from gifts, and we're not necessarily, I've got a small list, um, we're not going to cover all of them. It's just giving me enough to talk about for an hour. So I don't want anyone to feel rushed. Um, my next uh, topic to hit was family. I feel like we've already covered that earlier when we talked about why you want to see your family, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so if anyone wants to put more on that, let me know. But sort of a related thing that I also want to bring up is friends. Kith and Ken, uh, th- this is also a good time to get together with your friends and 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 people. I, I don't want to say they are your family because I know that's not technically true, but in a lot of ways, your friends... And, and I'm not talking about your drinking buddy. I'm talking about like your real close personal friends, and especially your kids member. When you get in, in a kindred your kins member are something that really is almost family. And this is a really good time to think about that and remember that. Lauren? Nothing. I'm just you examining your face. I'm sorry, I'm examining your faces trying to imagine your children now. Oh, it's, I know, I know. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. It, we need a website. Put in a picture of me. <laughs> the mask. Well, the, the thing is, we'll have to shave your beard off so we can get a good example no. of your skulls. In, in no, I want to see is. the baby with the beard. I don't think that's going to happen. If it does, you have a wolf child. And... <laughs> he might grow up. He might kill his first man at six. That's a reference to Eagle Saga in case somebody thinks I'm some murderous freak over here. <laughs> um... Okay, so family and friends, do we want to say anything else more about those? Um, true friends are family. Blood-related, no, but that's what true friends to me are. So I, it's absolutely the time for it as well. So that's, that's really all I had to say about that. Okay. Um, I want to move on to oaths. Because, as I mentioned, Frey is associated with Yule, and they'd have in their big feast, which they probably actually had multiple feasts. They probably had a feast where they had a a goat, which is maybe where that that, uh, tradition comes from. And then 
one of their biggest fees they had uh, for, or a pick. And and we can actually think even when, kind of when you look at the traditions we still have today, like people exchange gifts. You know, we can look back to the sagas and see that kind of started because people have been exchanging gifts forever. Uh, another thing that people just generally speaking do is have a Christmas ham. And I think that comes from the fact that Frey was associated with the boar and they would always roast up a boar and then take O's on them, which reminds us of another tradition, New Year's... What are they? Oh my God. New Year's resolutions. Thank you. Yes. New Year's resolutions. Now we all know the thing you do with a New Year's resolution nowadays, unless you're me because I don't like it, um, is... You make a New Year's resolution and you break it by February. Back in the day, that would be very, very, very bad. Because we've talked about O's and how important O's are on a lot of these shows before. But now would also be a time when it would be appropriate to take O's. And the most, the two most appropriate times to take O's are Yule and Midsummer, or Thing. And um, when you took that oath, it wasn't to be taken lightly. You couldn't just break it because that's what you do. You you actually had to stick with it. And it was an oath to pray, so it was a very sacred oath. What do we want to say about oaths and taking oaths? Ah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I think you covered it. I mean, it's very... You have to keep them. Uh-huh. There's no point in making an oath if you're not going to keep it. All, yeah. that, all, all that you do then is show that you're a liar. Mm-hmm. That uh, you, you can't follow through with things that you say you're going to do. And you, to me, that means you're less likely to be someone who I want to trust or be friends with or anything like that. You, you need to follow through with it. And this is why you generally take most of the year to think about it. And that's why we only have two times where that's one of the things you swear in front of you know your group of Friends, family, kin. Mm-hmm. Um, because you should be taking that time to be thinking whether or not I should make an oath like that or, or anything. Other than that, I think that's my thought on it. Yeah. No, no, I I agree with that. Oaths are something that... Well, and I mean, the Lord does talk about the importance of oaths a lot. And you know, it says that breakers of O's go to nightfall hell and I mean there are some serious consequences for breaking an O. We can't really know what happens when you break an O in that sense, but we can know that as Lore said, if you break an O, people don't trust you anymore. And it affects says that breaking O's affect your weird or your luck in the world, which is very true if somebody breaks an O. I'm not going to trust them. So all, e- e- even on a practical level, keeping your own is extremely important. And on a spiritual level, I think it's even more important. Um, there are new, there are the O's that you take around this time. I don't think the lesson is never take an oath. It's just be really careful about the O's that you take. Because taking an oath can be good, too. Because if you take an oath to do something besides the fact you say to yourself and everyone around you, this is important and this is something I'm going to do, 
It also motivates yourself to do that thing. It's like goals. If you live a life without goals... You'll you never fail. Well, you'll never <laughs> fail, but you'll never succeed either. You'll never right. do anything. We all have to have our goals. And sometimes taking an oath is that motivating factor that you need to do to get what you want to accomplish done. I, yes. Go ahead. There's also another side of this that I think everybody who has spoken about this has spoken up from a very internal you level. What is the consequence of you not taking an oath? Why is it bad for you to not take an oath? And I think it's also very important to look at the people around you and pay attention to their how well they stick to their word. If they say they're going to do something, do they do it? And are you taking it upon yourself to give them the proper responsibility for their actions? I mean, I'd say part of the reason people don't take oaths seriously in what could be considered mainstream society is that not enough people around them hold them to, the to it. Yeah. And it's I think that's really a very point. important thing. Yeah, so I guess that's another thing to think about in the Yule time. Are you holding not just yourself, but are you holding other people to their word? If someone breaks their word, do you say, oh, oh better look next year? Or do you say, no, that's not okay? Mm-hmm. I think that's a construct of our society. And I don't know if it's a leech in from Christian ideals, but it's very polite to not call someone out on the carpet when they've done something wrong. And it's very non-judgmental, which is something that those, I feel like Christianity has probably given us. I mean, you can take an oath privately. Yeah. And the only consequences that anyone would know about from that would be nothing. Mm-hmm. Because right. there would be no consequences with anybody else. Right. This is why it's something more to get in a group of people and say, I am going to do this. Yeah. This is what I'm doing. Because those people are there to actually help you and support you in that decision that you've made in your life. Mm-hmm. And if you fail and you break down, you and you don't do it, they should be there telling you, you you've done something wrong. Mm-hmm. Because you have. You promised to do something. Even if it is just to yourself, you've promised to yourself, and then you've just let yourself down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't even think it's necessarily a, even necessarily part of Christianity that they, they don't, that they're polite. I think it's bad Christianity. Like, yeah. people who are not doing it correctly, who are saying, who they're not calling people on it because they don't want those people to call them on it. Well, also, well, Christianity also has the forgiveness thing. Uh I mean, there's forgiveness, but then there's also... I've never understood that word. Never. I don't get it. I don't... It doesn't click to have meaning for me. Yes, I can... My trust can be earned again, Mm -hmm. but I'm always going to have that hanging in the back of my mind. That's on your permanent record. Yes, you can rebuild it. Yes, I may want it. I may respect you again. But there's all that's always going to be part of it. And the next time you screw up, I'm going to take it more seriously than that time. And it's going to be a lot harder to win me back over. And and, and we're not saying also true don't forgive. No, no. And that's just me personally. I just don't understand the concept of forgiveness. Well, personally, um... I I pretty much agree with you, and I don't want to say I don't forgive people because that sounds harsher than it is, but to an extent it's true, I don't say, 
oh, you screwed this up. You now have a clean slate like it never happened. Um, a good analogy, and it's it's sort of from the lore, but sort of a more modern saying of it is, all of your actions go into the well of weird, or your well of luck. Every No, I think that is actually from the lore. Everything you do, you have done forever. Now, if you have more good things, then you know maybe I'm going to trust you. But the thing is, you don't just get my trust back. As you said, you have to earn it back. If you betray me, I'm not just going to forgive you in the sense you're starting from scratch. You're going to have to earn your trust back. You're going to have to prove I'm not going to betray you in the future or make up for it or fix the problem or whatever. And if true forgiveness is saying, I have erased those actions that you did, I don't believe in forgiveness. Maybe I could say I believe in second chances. I'll yeah. give you a chance to make up for that's, what you did. That's why I say I don't understand it. It, it doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's usually the rest of your relationship with somebody that leads me to think, okay, I'll because of these other things I value about them, mm-hmm. they might have the opportunity to regain my trust in this way. But if it's like, say, a work relationship, and the only thing I have in common with you is our working together, and you fail that, or just intentionally are crappy at it, then no. That's, right. that's all you had going for you, and you've screwed it up. So now you have nothing going for you. Yeah. I mean, if I don't have the power to, to fire them, then they may earn my respect in that area again, simply because I don't have the power to remove them from my life Right. in that way. But that's not me forgiving them. That's just circumstances being such that they get another chance around me. Right. But, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. And I think... Um... And maybe other people would argue this. I don't know, but I feel in Ossetru, there's not a big focus on forgiveness, and there's definitely not the type of forgiveness where your sins are washed away. There's no such thing as your sins being washed away. We don't have a scapegoat we laid in our sins with and then sacrifice. That's not an option. You're responsible for everything that you do. And what you need to do with that is not get discouraged and say, I did something wrong, I'm screwed for the rest of my life. You need to say, I did something wrong, I need to make it right, and then be a good person in the future. Well, it's like, you talk about a well, and I think that's a very good analogy, and I say when you mess up, it's like a drop of poison. You can dilute that poison by doing more good. I mean, that poison's always going to be in there, but Mm -hmm. you you can make the well-drinkable again by continuing to do do good deeds after the fact. And you might yeah. even put, be able to put things that completely... Uh, yes, the poison's there, but I have put something in there that not only counteracts it, but completely reverses the effect that that poison would have in that well. And if it's a mistake, and not like I've oathed to do something where you've flat-out broken it, mm-hmm. and that's a huge thing that's, that's big... But if it's, it's a like mistake, dumping a bucket of poison. Down yeah. Well. well, even a bucket of poison, even if it's a bucket of poison through sheer ineptitude, that is an opportunity to learn how to fix that poison. Yeah. And it could be an amazingly useful thing to have completely poisoned your well and have to fix it 
if nothing else, to be able to teach other people how to fix the mistakes they've made. But, yeah, yeah, poison's there, and it's never going away. Yeah. Okay, that's a good conversation about that. Uh, Let's see what else I've got on here. Oh, not really much. Uh, (laughs) I can talk about that if we have time. Oh, I did want to go over some of our traditions. And when I say some of our traditions, I'm going to start with some of the Huguenhoff traditions we have and then open it up to everybody to maybe some of your own Yule or New Year traditions. Now, of course, our big one is we've got um, the Mother's Night bloat and then the the uh, actual Yule bloat, the Twelfth Night bloat. So we've got those two big bloats where the entire kindred comes over, and we have a bloat and a feast. Uh, and again, I've mentioned which gods we call at those. Of course, we have the tradition of feast. Um, now, personally, just... Uh, just uh, Lauren and I individually, sometimes even separately, because we have uh, opposite work schedules. We'll do like a little mini ceremony each of the other days, just hailing the gods. Generally speaking, it's not something where we go through the entire ritual. It's something something quick, just to remember the gods on the other 12 days of blow. And sometimes I'm better about it, and sometimes I'm worse about it. But but, uh, I think that's kind of a good thing to do. And then, of course, um, Lauren and I also do our own personal gift exchange. That's one of our traditions. And then we watch the ball drop, and we watch a bunch of Monty Pythons before the balls drops. <laughs> that's our new tradition. Um, yeah, that has absolutely <laughs> nothing to do with Ossetru. This isn't, like, something you should do. But I just kind of, like, Ostru does have a lot to do with tradition, um, so I just wanted to share some of our traditions, and that's one of them. We'd watch, because that, like, before New Year's TV is horrid. Oh, yeah. So we just watch a box sets of Monty Pythons until 11.55, then we watch the ball drop. It's good times. Uh, anyone else want to mention their traditions, family or otherwise? Well, I have my own personal Yule tradition. It's, it's, it's silly, and around this time of year... Um, I will do one of two things. Usually I, I, I wait for the other one to do later in the year, uh, usually in February. There's a reason. Uh, but this time of year, I, I, I watch a little movie. Actually, it's a, it's a two-part ser- miniseries. Um, it's called The Hogfather, and it is based upon Terry Pratch's book, The Hogfather, and it's fantastic. And it has actually a lot to do with um, personal realities, um, what are gods and deities? Uh, it's fantastic. It is three hours long, so it's a bit of a thing to sit through. I made uh, my girlfriend watch it with me this year, and she said she liked it. And I think it's fantastic. I, I love it. I watch it every year, and just death is in it as a personification of death, you know? And mm-hmm. he has some of the best lines in the whole show, and it's just smart. It's very smart. Um, if you've never read Terry Pratchett, it's like uh, Douglas Adams' Hitchhiker's Guide, except for fantasy. And it's just very smart, quick, witted, and just a good show. Sometimes I also like to watch um, Groundhog Day. Because I, I, I think that it fits, <laughs> it's, it fits the kind of holiday motif and like remembering yourself and understanding 
your actions have meaning and purpose, but usually I, I wait until Groundhog's Day to watch it because uh, it's called Groundhog's Day. But a lot of the time I like to watch it in the winter as well. So that's my traditions. I don't think I do anything else except maybe sit down and eat pizza because I love pizza. Yeah. yeah. Did you have anything? Well, now on my mom's side of the family, just anything that could be considered a holiday is an excuse to grab as many family members who are nearby together <laughs> and just all bring food and eat and be around each other in one place. And then on my dad's side, it was very much the meal as tradition, where, like, I, I'm probably going to get the holiday wrong, but it, it was either Christmas or New Year's would always be... One of them would be ham, probably Christmas, I assume. And then New Year's, I think, was always oyster stew. <laughs> oh, that's neat. And then one of the mornings after one of those holidays, which I have no idea which one it was, because I don't get to spend holiday, spend Christmas, or that time of year. It, for them, it's Christmas, with that side of the family very often, because, yeah. They like to go to Florida, and oh, Florida uh, is very far away. Yes, yes it is. And then, when my grandfather was still alive, there was always the movie The Christmas Story, which I had seen more times than I would like to in my entire life. <laughs> but he loved that show. And there was usually a buffet. Just okay. I have interesting memories of buffets with just my dad's side of the family. Well, I mean, I, if we're going to go back in time, the family tradition was pies and all sorts of desserts. We'd have, everyone would bring a dessert of some type, and then I'd have this uh, great aunt of mine would always bring a variety of pies. Mm-hmm. Apple pie, pecan pie, and everything. Just homemade, she'd bring all this out. And the tradition was, we'd wait until after dinner to eat pie. But people always get done at different times. So it was always my great-grandfather who would get in the back room and sneak a couple of pieces, and he'd get some of us younger ones to uh, come in with him uh, and start eating on them, too. <laughs> now, and now that's reminding me, every year my, my dad's mom would make huge batches of cookies, and she always had a nice little repertoire of cookies. There would be the, the shortbreads and the fig cookies and... Me and my brother always loved these Santa cookies that were, it's a sugar cookie, but then the nose is a red hot, and the eyes were something, there was coconut for the trimmer on the hat, and then the ball would be a marshmallow, and then inside of the cookie was an Andy's candy mint. Really? Or inside the cookie, yeah, in the cookie. That actually sounds good. And then my mom's mom every year would make coconut balls, peanut butter balls, and like three different kinds of fudge. Yeah. And she still does that, yeah, just like, in much smaller batches now. The great-grandfather who would sneak pies would make all sorts of desserts, too. There would always be his famous fudge and his, his topping, and oh, I miss it so much. We had, uh, right before he died, he made a big batch of fudge, and we all got, like, giant buckets full. Like, you, you've seen the big ice cream buckets? Yeah. He, he, each one of us got a big bucket full. Oh, and wow. So over the years... We had frozen them. We put them in the freezer, and we would, you know, just eat a piece, you know, like every year or throughout the year for, you know, several years because it was a lot of fudge. Mm-hmm. And that was, it was something nice to remember him by. So, and also we would, uh, us kids would get together with my grandmother and make 
sugar cookies and decorate the heck out of them with all sorts of frosting and everything. And that was that was a lot of fun too. I know on my mom's side, or yeah, on my mom's side when my grandma Great was alive, she'd always have uh, just a big dinner and. That was always fun to go with, and, you know, my mom would make stuff, and everybody else would make stuff. And then on my dad's side, that family's huge. They had, like, seven kids, and then they all got married and everything else. So when my grandma and grandpa were alive, we'd always go to their house, and there'd just be, like, a ridiculous amount of food. And she would always make, and I didn't try this before she passed away, and it's one of those things I kind of regret now, but she'd always make blood pudding. And I just couldn't get over it. It was like gray. And it's, I mean, it's blood pudding. And she had, she had made it for years and years and years. She always made this blood pudding, but I could never bring myself to eat it because it's pudding made out of blood. I mean, really, you take blood, the dripping of the whatever meat you're making and like congeal it into this gray weird stuff. And I could never, I was a kid when she made it because uh, before she died, she got kind of, uh, she couldn't do the cooking and stuff anymore. So it was actually quite a few years before she died, she stopped making it. But in in retrospect, I always wish I had tried that blood pudding because it's just such a weird thing. And I kind of want to know what it tastes like, but it's kind of really repulsive. (laughs) What about you? Oh, gosh. We have all sorts of celebrations. They begin in November and go all the way to New Year's. That's and it's pretty awesome because our Thanksgiving used to be cooler when I was a kid. We my dad's family is gigantic, so my mom would invite all of them over plus her family, which is much smaller. And um, we would always eat, you know, tons of food, just loads of food, and play a game of football. We called it the Turkey Bowl, and it would be the Indians and the Pilgrims, <laughs> Indians versus the Pilgrims so horrible but it was really fun and um we haven't done that in probably 10 10 or 15 years but it was really fun when i was much younger and then my dad's family just exploded all my cousins started having kids and just too many people but um but even now we still get together with my mom's family and my grandma makes turkey and just everything that you can think of for thanksgiving and then she freezes the leftover turkey and then on Christmas Eve is when we always have her celebration, and she always makes turkey and noodles and ham, randomly ham, but turkey and noodles she always makes from the frozen turkey. And we've done that forever. We've always gone to my grandma's on Christmas Eve, and that's just fun. And um, and then my mom, when I was a kid, would always make corned beef and cabbage for New Year's. Oh, yeah. We always have to have cabbage on New Year's. Uh, New Year's Day. And she would that's make it luck. in the cast iron... Um, Oh, what do you call that pot? I don't know, a big cast iron pot outside. You could do it outside in the fire. She'd make oh, a fire. The like iron. a giant cauldron? Not a cauldron. Is it a More like a stock pot. Is it a Dutch oven? Yes, thank you. Dutch oven. Oh, oh, iron, okay. Oven. I know what you're talking about. And, um, and quiche the next morning. Yes, yes. She does have quiche. And, uh, your mom makes really good quiche. Oh, gosh, my mom's a great cook. I forgot one of our traditions. I also always watch Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, yeah. My favorite Christmas <laughs> yeah. movie. No, that's a new one. Oh, Dad always makes that watch is a old newer movies um, for Christmas. My dad Hawaii always Christmas tried to watch A Wonderful Holiday Life, Inn but I never, I've never did. seen that. It's not a bad movie, it's just kind of long. Which one? It's A Wonderful Life? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's horrible. We never it it that. is a bad movie. 
Okay. Um, the reason I wanted to do that, I, I think we're getting closer to the end of the show, but, but the reason I kind of wanted to do that is because Austria is about a lot of stuff. It's about honor. It's about O's. It's about the gods. It's about improving yourself, understanding, you know, Odin, God of knowledge. It's about understanding yourself and the world better. But another absolutely huge part of Austria is family and traditions. And I think it's good in the Yule time to look back on those traditions that you have to, that you used to have. Um, look back on them fondly. You know, with our get-togethers, there would always be some sort of drama where someone yelled at somebody or mm -hmm. you flipped out because the kids weren't getting ready fast enough or, or whatever. But when I look back on them and you all, I don't think about that. I think about talking to my grandma great or hearing jokes from my grandpa or talk, grandpa Gwen or talking politics with my grandpa Rogers. It's a time to look back on the good times that you've had with your family and, and, and maybe a little bit look, look forward to the future of, of your family if it's like, uh, having a new baby or if it's, um, having just what are your, your girlfriend and you or your wife and you or husband and you or boyfriend and you. What traditions are you going to have? What are you guys going to do as a little tiny nuclear family in the future? I, you, you know, you don't need to have kids, certainly. But what traditions are you going to do in the future? And how are you going to remember your family? And it's just a really great time to remember that there's a lot of good things about family and look back on them fondly, I suppose. Um, we're about to wrap up, I do believe. I did want to, I just have a note. This is more a mention than anybody else, anything else. If you are curious about Yule and bloats, especially the Yule bloat, there is a description of the Yule bloat in the Heimskringla, uh, which is by Snorri Sturluson. I don't know if there's an online version. I have the physical book. I think it's in the first little story there. So we've got a couple minutes left, and um, I just kind of want to go over some final thoughts. Is there anything else that we want to talk about, uh, Laura? Mm, I have nothing. Okay. <laughs> Alexander, do you have any final thoughts? It's interesting how the two themes of winter being a time of introspection and winter being a time of meeting with people goes so well together, where it's not just introspection of yourself, but other people around you sharing their own introspections and their own experiences, where it just makes this time of year an excellent time to just learn and think and plan for the, the upcoming newer year and the seasons ahead. Yeah. Very true. Well said. Laura? Yeah, I think it's just, it's a great gestation time. You're growing yourself and you're growing your family and growing your relationships. And um, and then also you have that slower time to grow spiritually and thoughtfully within yourself. So it is a really great amalgamation of everything. Okay. And yeah, I guess I'll just echo 
what everyone else said and what we've been talking about the whole time. Um, Yule is a really good time to remember those people who are important to you. Uh, obviously, it's also a good time to think about the gods, think about O's, do your own introspection. What are you doing in the future? With the New Year's traditions of uh, the New Year resolutions and everything, you're looking to the future. But with the family and everything else, you're also looking to the past. So it's it's a good time to look at, uh, look back on the past and look forward to the future. And most importantly, to remember your family and your friends. So with that said, that was our holiday podcast. <laughs> No, um, I just, yeah, yeah. So, happy Yule, everybody, and happy New Year. Um, this was the Hugenhoff podcast. And if you had, oh, I almost forgot something very important. Next month, or possibly the month after, I'm not exactly sure, I am going to have an interview with Stuart, who is a folk builder of the AFA, the Sea Austria Folk Assembly, which can be found at runestone.org, I do believe. If anyone out there had questions they wanted to ask the AFA, maybe you're curious about something, maybe you're curious about organizations in general, maybe you're thinking about joining the AFA, or or whatever, maybe you just have some general true questions you'd like to see the reaction of an organization, please email those to me as soon as possible. Uh, we'll have the interview as early as the second week of January. So um, that gives everybody a couple weeks to think of some questions and send them in to me. And, you know, as long as they're appropriate, I will go ahead and ask Stuart those and, and maybe get some different ideas about that. And I haven't decided it might be next month or it might be a uh, month after. What email address are we sending questions to? Thank you. The email address to send questions to is actually any email address you can find on the website. I prefer Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, that is on the podcast page now. I've added it. So if you have any questions on spelling, it's, it's right there. Podcast at gmail.com. Please send those in to me uh, by the second week of January, and I'll try to get them asked on the show. So again, thank you, everybody, for listening. And please visit the website at www.huganhoff.org. That's H-U-G-I-N-H-O-F.org. And send an email to huganhoffpodcast at gmail.com. Rahel. Rahel.